Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey there, Unstuckers. Josh here with another casual Friday episode where we do a little mini mastermind. I'm here joined, as always, by my co-host. Say hey, Chow. What's up, guys? And as we threatened to last week, we were able to successfully wrangle our posture expert, otherwise known as a chiropractor friend we know, John Clausen. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. You can't tell because uh, you can't see us on the podcast, but we are sitting up so straight because John's here. So <laughs> Good, good. <laughs> John, I don't know if you heard... Uh, our episode last week when uh, Chalestina and I were talking about blue blocking glasses and and then Chalestina was like, yeah, but how's your posture? And of course, the listeners couldn't see me, but on Zoom while we're recording this, she could tell I was just hunched over. <laughs> <laughs> were you getting pulled in? Yeah, I'm getting pulled into the screen, which is a little too low for me in my current Zoom setup. So... <laughs> So uh, do you have any posture tips for us before we talk about other things <laughs> while we're sure. all working from home staring at Zoom? Yes. Well, uh, an easy thing to do is to just check where your ears, probably your headphones, uh, are. Make sure they're over your shoulders, over the center of your shoulders, and over your hips. And then have your legs at 90 degrees coming out from your hips, from your hips to your knees, and then from your knees to the ground. So there's 90, 90, and then you're stacked up over top of your spine and the strength of your body. That feels so much better. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's because you're engaging all those great tools we have known as muscles, tendons, and ligaments. What? Yeah, instead of being a bag of potatoes. (laughs) All right. Well, I think... I think that's uh, a lot of knowledge just dropped right there. We can call this an episode right now. Good job, everybody. Wrap it up. <laughs> All right. See you next time. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, now that we're uh, – at least Shell and I are a lot more comfortable, uh, <laughs> let's uh, check in. So, John, you're our guest. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your business? And, and what we do is we're just kind of chatting about uh, what's going on with your business in the world. And right now – it may or may not be very COVID-19 related, uh, but either way is fine. And uh, what you're working on and what you're, how you're trying to make your business better, et cetera, with whatever challenges you got. So what you got? Well, I'm a chiropractor and I, a partner and I run a practice together and to adapt to this new COVID-19 life that we got going on, we had to make a a series of changes so that we could stay compliant and be safe and take care of our patients and have social distancing as part of our office structure, which is something no one had thought about until a couple of months ago. So how do you, how do you social distance as a chiropractor? I'm asking for the audience because full disclosure, you are my chiropractor. So I've seen (laughs) 
it. But, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but to be fair, to the people who may not have visited you, I'm sure the question that comes up is, how the heck do you social distance? Are you like jabbing people with a pole 10 feet away or what? <laughs> 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 While sometimes tempting, we are not jabbing people with a pole. Uh, right. it's a, most, pool, a pool cue? A pool. <laughs> well, that's a whole separate thing. Okay. Um, but it mostly happens at the front desk and when people, when patients are coming in and going out so that we don't have, we minimize uh, contact on common surfaces like the counter when people come in. Uh, and then we reduced our waiting room chairs, uh, from six down to three and they're all three more than six feet apart. So if someone comes in while I'm taking care of someone, uh, they can choose to sit and not have any direct interaction with other patients. And then after each patient, we wash the table down and we wash all the door handles and common surfaces. And if people have sat on chairs or used cubbies to put things on, all of that, which isn't something that we would do after every patient prior to this COVID situation. And because we have couples and families who come in, that's also changed some of it where we, re we request them to come in one at a time now and not be hanging mm -hmm. out in the waiting room. And then the state asked us if we are going to stay open, that we would agree to comply with their approach for offices. So we had to make a declaration page and list everything that we were doing, which is also something that, you know, all the continuing education that we do every year, no one saw this coming. So it was all sort of on the fly. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're wiping down every single surface that may have possibly been touched between every client that walks into your office now, huh? That is correct. Uh, <laughs> is. So is that, does that slow you Does that slow down your like capacity? Cause does that take a while or is that pretty quick? Well, I've built in uh, a 15 minute buffer partway through the shift just in case I would end up falling behind a little bit or there's more of something to try and keep things on time. And, and, and so, yes, it does take a little bit more, but some of it, I also, uh, patients know it, they appreciate it. Sometimes we're talking while I'm wiping things down and I'm walking them out and we're wiping stuff down. Uh, you know, there was always sign in sheets and things that are HIPAA requirements, but have now been, uh, temporarily set aside and modified because we don't want everyone touching a clipboard to sign in or signing on a, a credit card machine. And so, you know, it's just a series of things that have, that needed to be shifted to minimize contact. So John, Josh actually mentioned that um, you may have done some like reaching out for like government funding or government helping. We haven't, like our businesses, we haven't done that. Um, if that is the case, could you maybe tell us what that process looked like? Well, long. <laughs> um, <laughs> and much, much like this whole situation, it caught a lot of people flat-footed. Uh, yeah. Our financial institution was not prepared. And, uh, and so on the first wave of funding, they said, thank you so much, 
for applying, and we're going to start running these in May of 2020. Well, that was like in the first week of April, and it's like there there isn't going to be anything left, uh, you know, <laughs> and there wasn't. So then when the second wave got passed, uh, then we had to apply again because they don't keep the applications. They don't give you an application number. So, and you have, if you step away while you're filling out the application to say, chase down documents, then when you come back, they've restarted and you have to enter everything again. So when I say it's yeah. long, it was cumbersome. Uh, yeah. And then even getting through it, cause it took me three or four tries. I didn't realize how many pages they give you a preview of what they believe you're going to need but that's based on a very generic LLC has more than uh, for something employees. And we're a two party uh, or a, a partnership LLC is the term. And so as an mm-hmm. LLC partnership, then it's a whole different set of requirements. It's different tax forms that they request. Uh, and, and fit, I've never seen this before on uh, any government program that something that started before April 15th and the taxes being delayed until July 15th, they still needed a 2019 completed return. First, they said they only needed a couple components. Then I send it in. Then the underwriters (laughs) send it back and the representative gets a hold of me. Days run by during this. And then they say, well, thank you for sending in that Schedule K-1, but now they say they need an entire 2019 return. Well, our appointment with our accountant was for April 1st, and everything shut down here at the end of March, and all things got canceled. So it, it was just one, like, for example, the first time I send in the completed application, a day later, I get an email from my financial institution, and it says, uh, can you send us copies of all partners' driver's license to prove your residency? Well, why wasn't that on the initial? I could have sent that in yeah. the first time. Uh, we need a copy of your partnership agreement. It's 12 pages long. They had data limitations on what you could upload, and I could only upload four pages. Wow. So then they reject it and say, well, we need you to send that in through a different format. Well, one format would have been a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is a, a process involving money and the government and financial institutions was cumbersome and long. <laughs> shocking. I know. It is so shocking. Uh, <laughs> I could hardly believe it myself as I was cussing and swearing and taking my dog for a walk to wait for the next response. Uh, so where, where do you stand now with all this? As of this morning, I have uploaded all of the hopefully last requested documents and Ooh. waiting to hear back from the underwriters for the third time. Good vibes. So, yeah. thank you. Sending vibes. you good vibes, crossing all our fingers, toes, and limbs. But thank not you. like, not all of them because I need to stack for posture. There you go. <laughs> Look at how quick this host learns. <laughs> he can be taught uh, as long as he's reminded constantly by his chiropractor. <laughs> All right. Would you like a treat? Have a seat. We'll give you a treat. Yes. <laughs> now, on a follow-up on that same uh, assistance thing, there was something called the EIDL that was the uh, 
something economic income disaster loan or something like that. Anyway, it was before the PPP. We applied for that. They ran out of money before they ever could process our app. And, oh, now, right, yeah. and now yesterday, out of the blue, like five, six weeks later, I got an email from the Small Business Administration saying, thanks so much for your application. We're now processing your application in the order it received because of additional funding, and we'll let you know. You know, basically whether we get to the front of the queue and get heard or if we're still in the back of the queue. So it, it was a so – I had written that off. I figured that was gone. Um, wow. And so it's everything's brought, just been moving at glacial speeds essentially. So it may come, <laughs> but it's moving at absolutely glacial speeds. Yes. It's yeah. the hurry up and wait process that – Oh, welcome to working with the government. Exactly. <laughs> what our institutions yeah. are famous for. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that sounds like a headache, but congratulations on getting that shot off this morning. Um, yeah. Sending you all the good vibes. Honestly, I'm happy that I didn't have to do that for my business because that sounds like an absolute nightmare. Yeah. 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 So you have I, the patience of a saint. I, I would not have been able to do that. I would have been like, you know what? I'm just going to take a loss this quarter. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, That's kind of what I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, income's drying up, but you know, thank God I got some savings. I'll just, I, I don't think I need to go through any uh, government forms. That sounds like <laughs> Yeah, dude, I was doing that and I got paid to do that and I didn't want to do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Well, I, I guess it's a time for a full disclosure. There may be a nerd part of me that approaches it like a big math problem that, uh -huh. I, that I want you enjoy to solve. It. <laughs> I, I don't know if I enjoy it, but there is a satisfaction when it's completed. Admit it. You like it and you like complaining about it afterwards. <laughs> no, I think, I think maybe I just like the gin and tonic afterwards. Oh, uh, fair. Uh, you, you, earned, you earned yourself a treat. Good boy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, so Chell, you were telling me before we we got started, you had big news. I and do. I'm really news. excited to see what that is. Yeah, yeah. So I purposefully did not tell you so that y'all could both be surprised. So we've been following my business journey, um, potentially moving back to well, moving my business back to Nevada while in the process of moving overseas, so that I don't have to pay forty percent so like, tax when we're in Germany. Hey, legally and. Uh, address-wise in Nevada while you physically moved to Germany. Exactly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I found kind of a, a workaround for that. So I ended up calling, rather, I ended up researching some virtual um, like mailboxes that I could use here in Florida because my business is already here in Florida. So I called the virtual mailbox company. They're like, yeah, businesses do this all the time. They just use our address and like, have the little extension of like your post box number. It's like, perfect. It's different than a PO box. Like there's a physical address. So I called Escambia County where I live. She's like, yeah, I don't see any issues with that. She changed my address immediately. So like now if you search Wellness Cucina in Escambia County tax collector, it's my new address. Um, and then nice. I changed it at the state level too. Everything's done online at the state level, thankfully. So I was able to change it at the state level. I'm still waiting on that change, but I assume it'll happen within the next 
five to 10 business days because that's how things work, right? And yeah, so I get to keep my business here, not spend a ton of money to reopen it in Nevada because it's like 600 bucks to open your business again in Nevada. You have to pay, I think it's like $200 to the sec of state uh, through Silver Flume. That's there online. It's <laughs> fancy. Well, it's the Silver State, so it totally makes sense. Um, so yeah, it's it would have just been a very lengthy process to have to reopen it in Nevada, and I'm not physically there, which would have been making all of these changes again very challenging. Because if I recall, I had to do a lot of that in person for whatever reason, or when I opened it like three or four years ago. So that would have been a pain in the booty. But now I have my business still here, and it's great. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats. It's yeah. a big so, old step right there. I bet it feels good to get some of that done. Oh my gosh, it does. Yeah. It was yeah. Like, it was just super stressful knowing that I only had like two months to reopen my business in another state. So I'm happy that I've figured out a way to not have to do that. Oh, and with yeah. that virtual mail company, they you can choose like which pieces of mail you want to keep. So like if you get junk mail, like you don't have to have them open it. Um, but if you actually get something important, like a bank statement or whatever, um, you can have them open it and then they upload it to the interwebs and then you have your mail virtually, which is super cool. So. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. I've heard of a few services like that. That's cool. Yeah. All right. What about you, Josh update for the week? Uh, for me. So remember a couple episodes ago, we were talking about setting your price point so that you don't get, uh, what Chalestina just found out is <laughs> work way too hard for way too little money. Yes, especially um, when you're doing government-related projects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had a, a really big uh, job come through, and uh, I didn't really want to do it. It just seems like one of those, you know, once you're in business for yourself, whatever your industry, long enough, you kind of get that sixth sense about, like, which kind of client or job or whatever is going to be a pain in the butt. Totally. Um, and so... I didn't quite get the sense strong enough to like say, no, I just can't do this. I'm not interested. But uh, after our conversation a week or two ago about setting your price point and hearing your story, I was reminded of my story about like just charging astronomical fees for theater design and, and people still said yes. But until eventually, <laughs> until eventually they, I got so astronomical, they started saying no. <laughs> and so I just thought like, okay, here's what I think's going to happen, right? And then I get the sense it's going to be a pain in the butt, which is going to take extra time. So let me just like practically double it. <laughs> and, then, and then let me just add a, a little more on top because I don't want to do it. <laughs> I just sent out a quote, um, I guess last Saturday I did this and uh, <laughs> have not heard back. And I'm kind of okay with it. If anything, I'm relieved because this has been hanging over me for some time. So they're either... It's either going to be a hard job, but they're going to pay me a shit ton for it, or <laughs> they're going to move on, and that is absolutely fine. So I, I, that really helped me recording that episode a week or two ago because I was like, "Oh, right, like I can make this so that it's definitely worth my while," or or they move on, they find something cheaper, and I don't have to deal with it. Definitely, <laughs> so. and I feel like once you're like a solo entrepreneur for an extended period of time, you realize that the job satisfaction is way more valuable than the amount that you're paid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I just kind of don't want to, so. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I could have said no. I'm still working on saying no as a person, as a human being, but uh, <laughs> but for now, my 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 gentle no is here's my ridiculous price. So, yeah. Um, 
I don't think it's super ridiculous, but it's probably if they got a few quotes, it's like going to be the highest quote. So. Well, <laughs> do you know uh, this man? He owns Virgin Airlines and is behind the spaceport. Branson? Is it Richard Branson? Yeah, yeah. Rich, I call him Rich. We're, Rich. we're friends. Fair. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do I know him? <laughs> do you know of him? There we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he has a book that the whole premise of the book is to say yes and then figure out how hmm. and that that's been super successful for one of, for him. And one of the things I hear in what you're saying, Josh, is part of you is like, eh, I don't really think I want this. But if I do want this, if I say yes, it's going to be under terms that I can be happy with. And right. that was exactly what you did. And that was the premise of his whole Always say yes thing. That's oh, good. Awesome. Maybe yeah. I'm almost a billionaire. <laughs> step, well on my way. There you go. A step closer than yesterday, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally factored in like, you know, and I'm going to bring in a subcontractor so I don't have to do this all alone and I'm going to make this easier on myself. And so the price kept going up. You know? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's me. So I'm kind of, if anything, I'm a little relieved today. <laughs> Just still, still feeling the relief of having sent that out. It, the quote and figuring that out had been on my plate for a little too long. So, um, so that's good. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, yeah, still, still getting calls. Um, not, I think they. I've, I've been saying that I've been relatively busy still, but they've really kind of dried up this last week. So, happy to have been busy. Happy to have some savings in this time. Happy that yes. our state in New Mexico is at least starting to um, very cautiously open some things, which I think will relax some people into calling me <laughs> again yeah. um, for any sort of face-to-face -face service. Um, and just a shout so, out to our state and how they're handling this, because we have three counties that uh, are a couple hours and more away from Albuquerque that have still scary numbers and high concentration. And those areas are staying shut down. Uh, and and I, I like the fact that we're acknowledging that different different areas require different approaches. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. Like the, the I, f I think too many people look at it like, you know, New Mexico as a region, Florida as a region is 100% the same. And it's like, no, that's way too much different. Difference and distance. Mm -hmm. um, and, but yeah, some people are happy to be like, well, states are doing it individually. So that's, you know, micro enough. It's not like the whole country is doing the same thing. Like, yeah. let's open up, even though New York's still screwed, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. uh, but it, it really coming down to counties and specific cities and towns makes perfect sense. Um, well, and if we use the strategy of war that I've heard some people say analogous, we're, we're at a war against this messenger RNA strand, uh, that, <laughs> yes, that was a little bit tongue in cheek, uh, <laughs> but that, that some of the strategies do apply because you don't send all your troops everywhere all at once. You can't do that. It's not practical. And so just like getting PPEs to where they're needed and, and getting, you know, recognizing that different areas have different needs. I saw a wonderful story yesterday of the country of Ireland started a GoFundMe 
and they raised $1.5 million to send to the Navajo and Hopi nations in New Mexico and Arizona, where there's a high... And and they did this as a thank you and a pay it forward because 170 years ago during the potato famine, the Choctaw Indians of the United States had just gone through a horrendous trail of tears at the hands of our government. And they still felt that they needed to help the Irish people and they sent money to Ireland during the potato famine. And 170 years later, the Irish people remembered that and sent money to help our indigenous people. And it was just a story that was a wonderful one in a time of a lot of difficult stories. There you go. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. Awesome. Well, I think we should end on that note because dang. So there you go. Be generous like we were talking about before. You can always do something to help, right? Cool. Well, thanks, John, for joining us this week. We appreciate having you here and hearing about what your business is going through. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. Do you want to shout out your business for anyone to reach out? I'm out there somewhat. It's Inspired <laughs> Chiropractic on Manal Boulevard in Albuquerque. And you can reach me with the old-fashioned telephone or text at 505-554-8063. Uh, you're our first guest to give out a phone number, not like an at. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks again, John, for being here. Uh, Chell, say bye. Bye, guys. And we'll see you next week. Did somebody step on a duck? What happened there? <laughs>